0: I want you to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Proverbs 22, verse 6. This morning we're beginning a new series on the book of Proverbs that we're calling Life in 140 Characters. And the reason is because uh, the book of Proverbs is, is literally a collection of around 900 short practical sayings and most of them can be summarized in a tweet. Which is 140 characters or less. And these short practical sayings touch on almost every area of life. You can learn about finances in Proverbs. You can learn about friends in Proverbs. You can learn about sex. In Proverbs, You can learn how to have the right attitude in Proverbs. How to speak the right words in Proverbs. And on and on we can go. And that makes Proverbs one of the most, if not the most, practical book ever written. Now the purpose of Proverbs is found in the very first chapter of the book. In Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, I want you to write this down. You can look at it and study it a little bit later. But it says this. Their purpose, that is the Proverbs, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right, just and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Now don't miss out on what Solomon is saying here. He says when we follow the Proverbs that he gives, they will not only help us live a disciplined life, they will help us live a successful life. And I am convinced that that's something that every single one of us want. We want to live a successful life. There is none of us here who desires to be a failure. We want to succeed in every area of life. And so this morning, since it's Mother's Day, we're going to start this series off by looking at how to be a successful parent. And the truth is, good children don't emerge by accident. We can be a success in every single other area of our life and yet a miserable failure when it comes to parenting if we're not careful. James Dobson Wrote a book a number of years ago. The title of the book was Parenting Isn't for Cowards. And I would say that anybody who was a parent would say amen to that, right? I mean, parenting is a tough job. It's rewarding, but yet it's very difficult. I sometimes feel like the guy who who said this about raising kids. He said, I used to have four theories and no kids. Now I have four kids and no theories. And that's kind of the way I look at it after I have raised four kids. You know what I've discovered is this. The people who most often want to pontificate about how to be a successful parent, how to be a good parent, have never had kids themselves. And when... You have your own kids and you discover the ups and the downs of parenting. You tend to keep your mouth shut and you try to go to God and find discernment and wisdom from Him. In my opinion, parenting is both a a frustrating and a fulfilling thing. It's fulfilling because our children are a gift from God. and we as parents have the potential to bring great happiness into their lives. And, and we have the opportunity to help mold them and make them into what created God created them to be. But yet it's very frustrating because parenting is very difficult. And, and so often I think we as parents feel like failures when we're going through the act of parenting. So, so how can we be successful parents? Well, I believe that Solomon gives us some principles. And let me say that the verse that I ask you to look up at the very beginning, Proverbs 22, verse 6, is the key to this. And so I want to ask you to do this, and we're going to be doing this every single week in this series. Before you leave today, if you are on Twitter or you are on Facebook, I want you to post Proverbs 22, 6 and then I want you to hashtag Northside because I want everybody out there in social media to see that the key to successful parenting is found in Proverbs 22, six. Now, notice what that verse says. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old... He will not turn from it. Now, we learned several truths from that verse, but also from the book of Proverbs that I believe can help us to be successful parents. Here's the first word we need to dedicate. If we want to be successful parents, we have to begin by dedicating our children to God. Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child. Now, when we think of that word train, we most often think of of words like this, prepare, equip, develop, discipline. And, And that's certainly a part of what this word means, but it's not the main thing that this word means. You see, that word that is found here for train is found only four other times in the Old Testament. And every other time that the word is found in the Old Testament... It is translated not train, it is translated dedicate. Two times, it speaks of dedicating your house to God. And two times, it speaks of dedicating the temple to God. You see, if you want to be a successful parent, the very first thing that you need to do is before they are born... You need to dedicate them to the Lord. You need to give them back to the Lord recognizing that they are His before they are yours. That His plans, that His purposes trump your plans. They trump your purposes. Now it's one thing for you and I to ask God to protect our children. To bless our children. But it's another thing For you and I to dedicate our children, to give our children back to God. And that's what we need to do. Before they are ever even born, we need to recognize the fact that they belong to God. They are a gift from God and they are His and we need to trust Him to do what is best in their lives. That's what Hannah did. She was an example of that. Hannah longed to have children. She prayed for children, but she was barren and she couldn't have children. And one day she was at the tabernacle praying and this is what she said to God. If you give me a son, I promise that I will dedicate him to you for his whole life. In other words, you give him to me and I will give him back to you. And that's what Hannah did. And because of that, God used her son Samuel to, as one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history. When each of our children were born, right there in the delivery room, we literally gave them back to God. I can remember holding them up in the air, praying to God, asking God to use them however he saw fit. And so let me ask you. Have you dedicated your children to God? Have you really given them to Him, trusting Him to do what is best with them and for them? If you haven't, I want to encourage you to dedicate them to God before you leave this place today. Now, some of you are saying, I haven't done that, and my child is already a teenager. My child is already adult. What can I do? Dedicate them right now. Give them back to God Right now. That's the first thing. Dedicate your child to God. Now here's the second thing. You need to pray for your children. Now Proverbs doesn't specifically tell us to pray for our children. But it does speak of prayer. In Proverbs 15 verse 29 it says this. The Lord is far from the wicked. But he hears the prayers of the upright. And we know that David... Solomon's father prayed for him how do we know that? because in 1st Chronicles 29 we read this David prayed O Lord God of our fathers Abraham, Isaac and Israel give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands requirements and decrees did you get that? David was praying for his son but he wasn't praying God give him a great athletic career he wasn't saying, God, help him to, to make a lot of money so he can take care of me as I get old. He didn't even try to pray, God, keep him healthy. He prayed, God, give him a wholehearted devotion so that he can keep your commands, requirements, and decrees. When, when Samuel was, being, was preparing to, to turn over the leadership of Israel to a king... Samuel said this, it would be unthinkable for me to sin by failing to pray for you. And so here is Samuel, the prophet of Israel, and he's saying this, it would be a sin if I didn't pray for you. Now listen, if it was a sin for Samuel not to pray for the nation, then certainly it is a sin for you and I not to pray for our children. We have a divine obligation to pray for our kids. I believe with all my heart. It is the prayers of my mother that God used to soften my heart and turn me back to the Lord. As I was out in the world doing what I wanted to do, she was on her knees interceding for me. And God not only heard her prayers, I am convinced God answered her prayers. And here's the thing. God will answer your prayers too. Do you have a child that you're concerned about? Do you have a child that is breaking your heart because they are breaking God's heart? Well then don't stop praying for them until you see God answer. But don't wait until they are born to pray. Start praying for them before they're born. When they are still in, in the mother's womb, pray for them. There's a story I've got to read from you from the book called Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. But I want to read you this story. He said, when my friend Wayne and his wife Diane were expecting their first child, they started praying for their baby. They believed prayer was their primary parental responsibility. And so why wait till their baby was born? Every evening, Wayne would lay hands on Diane's stomach and pray the promises of Scripture that they had circled for their baby. During the earliest stages of pregnancy, they came across a book that said it was never too early to start praying for their baby's future spouse. At first, it seemed odd praying for a spouse before they even knew the gender of their baby. But they prayed for their baby and they prayed for their baby's spouse day after day until their due date. Wayne and Diane decided to wait until birth to discover their baby's gender. But they prayed that God would reveal what the baby's name should be. In October 1983, the Lord gave them a girl's name. It was spelled Jessica. Then in December, the Lord gave them a boy's name. And they started praying for Timothy. They weren't sure why God had given them two different names. But they prayed circles around both Jessica and Timothy until Diane gave birth. On May the 5th, 1984, God answered their prayers and the answer was spelled Timothy. Wayne and Diane continued to circle their son in prayer, but they also kept praying for the girl that he would one day marry. 22 years and two weeks of accumulated prayer culminated on May the 19th, 2006, the day Timothy's bride walked down the aisle. Her name? Jessica. Now here's the rest of the story. Their future daughter-in-law was born on October the 19th, 1983, the same month that God gave them the name Jessica. Jessica. A thousand miles away, Wayne and Diane were praying for her by name. They thought Jessica would be their daughter, not their daughter-in-law, but God always has a surprise up his sovereign sleeve. For Wayne and Diane, Jericho had two spellings, Timothy and Jessica, but the same last name. In case you're wondering, Timothy was allowed to date girls who weren't named Jessica. Wayne and Diane did even tell Timothy that God had given them the name of his future spouse before he was born until after he was engaged. So pray for your children. What do you pray for? Pray for their salvation. Pray for their mate. Pray for their vocation. Pray for their spiritual protection and their purity. You see, once you give your child back to God, the next most important thing you can do is to pray for your child. And so let me ask you, are you praying for your children daily? Are you praying for your grandchildren daily? You dedicate You pray. The third thing you do is you instruct. Now let's look back at Proverbs 22, 6 again. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. That word way is found over 700 times in the Hebrew and Old Testament. And most often it is translated either way, path, journey, or direction. The word go... Is found almost 500 times in the Hebrew Old Testament, and it is most often translated mouth or command. It seems to me that what God is saying here is that we are dedicating our children to a life of obedience to God's command. And then we are spending our lives directing them and instructing them to how they should live that life. Now, let's look at that word train again. I told you that it is primarily translated dedicate in the Old Testament. But it comes from a Hebrew word that's root meaning is to develop a taste for. And in the ancient days, the Hebrews would take dates or they would take grapes and they would stick their finger into that grape, that fig, that date, and they would put their finger in the the mouth, on the palate of their child's mouth, so that their children would begin to develop a taste for food rather than milk. And so what this is saying is, not only do we dedicate our children to the Lord, we help them develop a taste for God's Word. Now this is what it says in Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 20. Solomon is speaking. And he says, My son, obey your father's instructions. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp. Their instruction is a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. Now that sounds a lot like what Moses said. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses said this. He said, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, here's the thing. You can't teach something to your children that you don't know. Amen? Or oh my. You can't teach something you don't know. But there's a second thing you need to know. Our children aren't going to do what we know. Our children are going to do what we do. And so as a parent, I must first of all, get a knowledge of God's Word if I'm going to instill the Word into them. And then second, I must flesh out the Word to them. I can remember my mother sitting on that couch with me going over verses with me and 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 challenging me to find the scriptures in God's word. And, and we would put our Bibles by our side and we would look up those verses and we would have those contests. And it became a fun game to me. But I also remember my dad sitting down with me and instructing me what God's word had to say about different areas of life. Now listen very carefully. Your children are being bombarded by the enemy. They are being bombarded on TV, through their music, through their peers. Just about every area of life today is bombarding your children with the message of the enemy. And if you don't systematically and intentionally instruct your children to follow God's Word, hear me, they're going to grow up and reject God's Word. So how can you do that? How can you instruct your children? Well, make a commitment to spend time talking about God's Word with your children. Have a daily devotional time with them. If that's hard for you to do, go to a Christian bookstore. There are a lot of resources that you can pick up there. Now, some would say, well, you're telling us we should indoctrinate our kids. No, I'm telling you, you should instruct your kids as to what you believe. Because, hear my heart, the world is trying to indoctrinate them. And if you aren't instructing them in truth, they're going to reject the truth. Timothy's mother, Eunice, was a great example of this. In, in 2 Timothy Um, 3 verse 15 it says you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood in chapter 1 it talks about lois and eunice teaching timothy the word of god you've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting christ jesus listen it's not the church's responsibility to spiritually nurture your children that's your responsibility our responsibility is to partner with you and equip you so that you can fulfill your responsibility. And so we dedicate our children, we pray for our children, we instruct our children, and then finally we discipline our children. Proverbs 29 17. Discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Let me give you a, a, a couple more verses. You can write these down. Proverbs 13, 24. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Proverbs twenty-three 13. Don't fail to correct your children. Discipline won't hurt them. They won't die if you use a stick on them. Punishment will keep them out of hell. Now, and I know there are some of you here today that believe that spanking is outdated. But I've got to tell you, I believe that spanking is Timeless. And I even believe that God created us anatomically with a little cushion in the best place to spank our children. And as I was growing up, I received a number of spankings. Not every day, but I received a number of them. And I am no worse for wear. I'm not scarred. Some of you may think I am mentally You may think I am emotionally, but I'm not. God used that discipline to help instill in me an honor and respect for authority and a love for God's Word. Now, there are two types of discipline biblically. There is reproof, which is verbal, and there is the rod, which is physical. You begin with reproof. You speak. If that doesn't work, you use the rod. Now, some will say that's child abuse, not if you do it right, not if you do it in love. You've got to do it right, you've got to do it with love. Now, why is it that most parents today don't want to discipline their children? Listen, the reason is because we want to be friends to our kids rather than parents to our kids. And hear me, if you will commit to be a parent today then praise God, you can be a friend tomorrow. But if you try to be a friend today, you're going to discover that you won't even be a friend tomorrow. And so we discipline our children. And so we dedicate, we pray, we instruct, we discipline. But hear me. Every child has a free will. And that's why we need to depend on God's grace. We do the best we can, and then we trust God. You've got to remember that Proverbs 22, 6 is a proverb, it's not a promise. And there is a difference between a proverb and a promise. A proverb says, this is truth. And if you follow it, the majority of the time it will hold true. A promise is a promise regardless. This was not written as a promise. It was written as a proverb. Someone said it this way. God was a perfect father. He had two children. He named them Adam and Eve. He put them in a perfect home, Eden. And even with a perfect father and a perfect home, They rebelled. And so are you telling me that you can be a better parent than God? You see, understand, you can't go on a guilt trip if you've done the best you can and your children rebel. You've got to turn them over to the grace of God. You've got to trust God. You've got to continue to love them, continue to dedicate them, continue to pray for them, continue as they will allow You to instruct them, you can't discipline them, you want to, you wish you could, but you can't, and you trust God. So what are you going to do? My prayer is that you'll commit to be a successful parent. And if you commit to the principles in God's word, you dedicate them, you pray for them, you instruct them, you discipline them, you're going to be a successful parent parent because your success is not determined by what your children become your success is determined by whether you're obedient to God's word or not are we connecting Are we on the same page and so where are you you see there are some of us that say man I want to be a good parent but yet we've never committed our life to Christ (laughs) and you're never going to have God's power to be a parent Without committing your life to him. And so if that's you and you've never committed your life to Christ. You've never surrendered your life to him. Then you need to do that this morning. There are some of you here that that aren't committed to following God's word. You feel like your way is better than God's way. And I'm here to tell you, it's not going to work. God's way is always the best way. And you need to commit to follow God's word. There are some of you today who need to forgive yourselves. You need to let it go. You're sitting there thinking, I've messed up, my parent, my kids don't love Jesus, and you know, I, I just I, I blew it as a parent. Just because your children rebel doesn't mean you've blown it as a parent. And even if you did blow it, God offers grace and mercy and forgiveness. And you need to receive that. And then there are some of you here who, who you need to pray. You need to pray for a child. You need to pray for a grandchild who, who is straying, who is wandering, and your heart is broken. And you need to commit to praying for them until you see God do a work in their life. So I want you to bow your head with me. I want you to close your eyes with me. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed, If you're here and you've never committed your life to Christ, and I just want you to keep your head bowed, eyes closed for just a minute or two. If you're here and you've never committed your life to Christ and you're saying, I'm ready to do that, then I encourage you to pray this prayer to God right now. Dear God, forgive me. I've lived life my way. I've sinned. I don't want to live that way anymore. I believe you love me. I believe you have a plan for my life. You proved it by dying on the cross for my sin. Today, I'm trusting you to save me. Today, I'm giving my life to you. Take control. From this moment on, I want to live for you, Jesus. Now, if you're here in You're a parent and you're a believer and you haven't been following God's word as far as a parent is concerned. Let me encourage you today to pray this prayer. God, forgive me for thinking I know better than you. Give me the strength, the determination to parent your way. Amen. With heads still bowed, eyes still closed, I want us to join together praying for rebellious children. If you're here and you've got a rebellious child, a rebellious grandchild, then I want to encourage you to lift them up right now. You can pray this prayer. Dear God, I come to you right now with a broken heart. My heart is broken for you fill in the name. They've turned from you. They've rejected you. They aren't living for you. Soften their heart. Help them know how much you love them. That your plan is far greater than their plan. Draw them to yourself, Father, I pray. Amen.